0: David, it's the last week of Fantasy Football, last week of the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. What are you looking forward to doing on Wednesday nights?
1: Hmm. Listening to old podcasts? All
0: right. (laughs) (laughs) This is the old and new and final podcast of the season, Fantasy Finish Line.
1: It never ends, you know. The final countdown to future final countdown. <laughs> Jeez.
0: You think they're vamping too much?
1: It's quite an intro.
0: It's more intro than I thought, maybe.
1: <laughs> when do no they, they get to the countdown part? I don't know.
0: We should have played this at the bar. All right, so this is the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. I am Jason Evans, joined as always by David Biggs. Joining us this week is our Drink 5 contributor, Mike Massarino. Mike, welcome.
2: Cheers. What are we drinking, Mike? We are drinking uh, Dark Swan. From, I believe, Lagunita. I was going to call it
0: Black Swan. I'm glad I asked you. I think
1: think they're not allowed to call it that because of the copyright. Trademark issues. Oh,
0: that makes sense. But I wouldn't have put two and two together that quickly.
1: (laughs) It's four, just so you know. We're
0: back at the old studio, so I I don't have to stay (laughs) as sober as I normally do. Um, So this week, uh, it is the final episode of the season in that the fantasy football season is over. That doesn't mean that it's the last you've heard of us, unfortunately, but you know how it goes. So we're going to talk some pick your poison tonight like we did last week. Um, We're going to look at Dave's rankings and pick two players that are right next to each other and kind of break them down, see who we actually like more, and pick it and keep track of it. And then we will go over some injuries as well. If you're in the chat room, you got any questions, please let us know, and uh, we will do our best to answer them on air while you're still there. And um, maybe we'll find a question or two from Twitter and we can answer those too. Sounds good. All right, so. Where am I at? Um, shall we just dive right into the players then?
1: Yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it.
0: Okay, so on Pick Your Poison, we always draw from Dave's rankings. Dave puts his rankings up on our website, drink5.com. He is one of the experts on fantasypros.com. Good stuff. Make sure you check out his rankings every week because he, you know, he knows what he's talking about. We wouldn't be talking to him if he didn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so we're going to start with quarterbacks uh, right away. You've got Dak Prescott, ranked number six. He's playing in Philly. you got Drew Brees, who's number seven. He's playing at Tennessee. So Prescott this week was limited in practice on Wednesday. That is for the first time in his career. Uh, it's not news, but I thought it was interesting because he's been in the season, in the league for about four seasons now, uh, and he's never even missed practice. So that's pretty good. Don't worry about his availability for Sunday, and he has a decent matchup. The Eagles, this is interesting, they're giving up the 19th most points to opposing quarterbacks and the third most points to opposing wide receivers. So somehow those wide receivers are being incredibly efficient while they're holding the quarterbacks back. Um, So regardless of these anomalies that you find with Prescott, uh, I think he's going to be in good shape to have a very high floor this week. And then we're going to either or him with Drew Brees. Last week, Breeze had two awesome records. The all-time touchdown record and the single-game completion percentage record. I think he went 29 for 30. So I want to know what he's going to do for an encore. I My guess is that he's going to throw the ball to Michael Thomas, and he's going to do it a lot. So the Titans are giving up the 18th most points to opposing quarterbacks, and they've only surrendered more than 22 points to one player all year, one quarterback all year. That was Mahomes. But Brees has nine touchdowns in his last two games, sixteen in his last five. I think that he's gonna keep you know, stay hot. Uh he's one of the, you know, hottest quarterbacks in the league right now. Um I suspect his ceiling from this game is gonna be a little bit lower. Um so Mike, why don't you go first? You pick which one of these guys you like better. Give us a thought or two on each of them.
2: Uh I like uh the Dax ma- uh, matchup a little bit more, but you know, they could rely on Zeke it, Work last week. They leaned on Zeke. He got it done on the ground. They did well. I'm going Breeze. Okay. All right. And uh, I do think he's going to throw to Michael Thomas a lot. I think we're going to see the reception record broke. Uh, he's got two games to do it. But I think he's 11 away right yeah. now.
0: So yeah, he definitely can make that this uh, this week.
2: Yeah, he could. Do even it he
0: week. could make it and take a break. Yep. Just you know, it, it'd be nice of him to only break it by like one, so that someone has a chance to break it again soon. Because if he breaks it by like, you know, if, if he breaks it by a whole other game, then you know it's gonna take a long time before somebody breaks that.
2: Maybe.
1: And Dave, who do you like? Well, you know where I have things ranked uh, because you just you just went over them. Yeah, uh, but
0: be- last even last week you weren't picking all of the ones that were higher ranked.
1: No, I mean obviously these things change and uh, Breeze is on fire, having scored five touchdowns uh, through the air in Week 14 and four in week 15 so it's hard not to pick Breeze, but like Mike mentioned and the reason why Dak Prescott is ranked a little higher is because of that juicy matchup against the Eagles he still has a lot of players on his team that catch passes not to mention the fact that Miles Sanders this week will uh or I'm sorry um not Miles Sanders but uh, Ezekiel Elliott is also catching passes out of the backfield in addition to running the ball so it is kind of a like a heads or coin flip a lot of times, whether or not...
0: What's on the other side of the corn, dude?
1: <laughs> whether or not some of those long uh, Zeke runs end up being little passes on the, in the screen. So I still think that Prescott will have the better game, but it's really hard to not go Breeze. Um, we're going to have to look at... Um, at the the injury reports and the practice reports throughout the week because Prescott did suffer an injury to his right shoulder in Week 15. He was limited in practice on Wednesday, but the whole team, everyone I've seen, um, the coach and everything, have, have said that there's not going to be any issue when they actually play. But I like Prescott to be chucking the ball around against the Eagles, and that's the only reason. When you look at the past couple games that he's played, in the last three, two of them were over 330 yards, And there were uh, two touchdowns in at least two of the last three games. So I think his floor against the Eagles is like 302 touchdowns. (laughs) And and so even though it's very easy to say breeze, um, I I think the Saints Saints could easily uh, lean on the running game and not so much on a breeze that has already broken the records that he needs to break.
0: Um. Yeah, that's that's true. Although, I think he's going to definitely be pushing for Michael Thomas to break that record as well.
1: Hey, I mean, they're going to throw the ball a lot to Thomas. You're absolutely right.
0: But, you know, the Eagles, you know, as many yards as you want to give them, they've only given up th- over 300 yards once since week seven, or week six. So, that was to Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Dak Prescott is one of the better quarterbacks that there that is in that stretch. However... He's also there in Week 7. Uh, he only had 239 and one touchdown. Uh, he put in one on the ground, uh, which really helped out his fantasy numbers that week.
1: Sure. So it sounds like you're going Breeze. Uh,
0: you know, I really like what you have to say about Prescott in terms of, you know, if it's screen passes to Elliott, then it's going to be lots of points anyways. So.
2: Um, My only other car- counter-argument to Dave is, you know, if they're going to re- rely on a run game, it would have been last week against uh <laughs> Against the Colts, not that, this week against the Titans. That's think, true. <laughs> you know, they're going to be airing the ball out. Breeze don't care. He's got to pad those numbers. Brady could still break it this year. It's still an ongoing...
0: Sure, either of them could have, like, a really big touchdown game. Yeah. But, it, I, you know, Tom Brady is not having those games this year.
2: No, but... And Drew Breeze is. J- just when you count the Patriots out, here's where they snake their freaking way back in. I'm
0: sure if you count playoff touchdowns, and <laughs> Tom Brady is still way ahead of him. <laughs>
1: Well, this is like uh, we were talking earlier, playing roulette or something. Basically, you're looking at the Patriots and their numbers, and you're like, it's it's odd, it's odd, it's odd, it's odd, it's odd. So it's about time for an even.
0: <laughs> and it just doesn't happen.
1: Well, I, I I don't like saying that anyone's due, but but he's right. When you count the Patriots out, they come back and smash stuff.
2: The last three years, <laughs> at this point, it's like, ooh, the Patriots don't look good. Then I gobble up all those. Pl- as soon as
0: everyone, yeah, as soon as everyone counts them out, yep. then they do
2: really
1: well. They're just cruising. So, uh,
0: that being said, I am going to go with Breeze. I just... He's the better quarterback in this situation. Uh, I know it is not quite as good of a matchup, but I... You know, I, I like it a lot.
1: Well, you have to remember, too... Sense, like
0: I said, the the Eagles are not giving up a lot of points to quarterbacks. It's kind of a curious case.
1: This is six and seven. I mean, a lot of these are going to be uh, guys that if you have both of them, then it's kind of that embarrassment of riches and a, and a serious problem. Uh, one of the reasons why I traded away a couple of quarterbacks from one league is because I couldn't decide which one to play. <laughs> and that's a problem. It really is. It is. No, you know... I, you know.
0: I don't want to discount your problem.
1: But if you have Prescott and Breeze on your team going into the championship, you have to decide on one. Um, If you're going to play Breeze because of his last two games, I have no problem with that.
0: All right, so I had jumped into this a a little quickly. I meant to (laughs) just uh, briefly touch on all the matchups last week. So we had our rookie expert Sean Foss on last week. Um, Just to run down the guys we had to pick from, right, so you get a little context. Uh, We went between uh, Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill, uh he they were ranked pretty high um Sean and I took Tannehill and he uh scored a lot more points than uh Kyler Murray yeah and then there was Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz Kirk Cousins uh way outperformed or I'm sorry Carson Wentz way outperformed Kirk Cousins who basically just managed the game Sean and Dave uh you guys had those and then there was Mark Ingram versus Philip Lindsay Ingram was one of the top 10 backs of the week Lindsay I think I found him on page three of Yahoo players. You know, he did not have a good game. Dave was the only one to take Ingram. Well done. Then we had uh, Laird, Patrick Laird? Um, yes. Okay, I only wrote down the last names, and I'm likely <laughs> to not remember the name of the fifth running back to start for the Dolphins this year.
2: CMC Light. Uh,
0: an interesting stat I heard, the Dolphins have started 80 different players this year, or played 80 different players this year, which is an NFL record. Nice. Um, so anyways, it was Laird or Kenyon Drake, and I was the only one to pick Kenyon Drake, and we all know how that turned out. Um, Then there was Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin
1: No seriously, pat yourself on the back a little bit
0: I mean, I liked Kenyon Drake I wish I had him in a league that mattered I hear ya But he helped me put up over 200 points in a league where I finished 8th
1: That's good stuff
0: (laughs) So, feels good man Uh, Curtis Samuel versus Terry McLaurin We all faded Terry McLaurin Because of that bad offense And we forgot that uh, he is awesome He's Scary Terry We all took Samuel, we all don't get points for that one
2: It's Mary Terry now it's Mary Terry? Because of the holidays, oh, it's, it's Christmas. Season? Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, it's Christmas uh, I guess McLaurin. I haven't been on Reddit Chris, long enough today. Chris McLaurin. Today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if I said lately, I would be lying. So, uh, Zach Pascal versus Darius Slayton. Um, Slayton wound up being the uh, better play here. I'm the only one who took Slayton. And then there was, at tight end, Hunter Henry versus Darren Waller. We all took Waller. We all win for that. And then there was Jacob Hollister versus Ian Thomas. They both scored 2.3 points. So while technically we win, that's a real loser right you there. You all lose. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I wound up with five right. You both round up with four right. So good job um, coming close but not winning. I'll take that win.
2: Nice
1: and we work. bet
0: on nothing, so that's the only time I'm gonna win these on podcast bets this year is when I don't wanna bet when I don't wanna wager anything.
1: You know, it's a gentleman's bet. I appreciate it. That's 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 good. I for get you. to brag
0: against you and Sean, you know, until we do the next podcast in like April when the draft is coming up or right after the draft probably. Sure. Alrighty. So back to this week's guys. We have our other quarterback pairing of Matt Ryan and who is playing jacksonville he's ranked number 11 ryan fitzpatrick ranked number 12 playing cincinnati both of those guys are playing at home so matt ryan is uh going to be playing the struggling jaguars they give up the 11th most points to opposing quarterbacks last week he targeted julio jones 20 times and i think if he's going to win this completely meaningless game then he is going to target him another 20 more times so the jaguars given up big games to rivers mahomes and Tannehill. Uh, but recently they kept winston to under 11 points that's kind of an all-over-the-place defense sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad matt ryan's range over the last three games is only between 18 and a half and 21 points so he hasn't had a big game since he went down with injury this year i don't expect him to have another big game this season to be honest but i think that his floor is relatively high uh especially playing against a team like jacksonville then you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has been throwing the ball an awful lot. He has 37 attempts uh, in each of the last, at least 37 attempts each of the last five weeks. Um, He has two games with no touchdowns during that span, which is kind of, you know, just throwing it a lot and losing the game, but they are the Dolphins. Uh, He did manage to rush for 65 yards in one of those games, so he's holding up his fantasy floor a little bit there. Um, The Buffalo uh, Bills and the New York Jets were his last two opponents. So they were, you know, tough defenses in those uh, games. So I kind of like Fitzpatrick. I think that he's sort of playing with an abandon right now and doesn't care, doesn't worry about another contract. He just wants to have fun out there and win games. So they're playing the Bengals, who give up the ninth most points to opposing quarterbacks. They have given up seven games of 20 points or more this season. So I expect Fitzpatrick to throw the ball a ton. He's been the QB7 over the last four weeks. Dave, what do you like here?
1: Uh... So I, I, I'm mostly going to stick with my, my picks as as rankings as they are, but like you said, things can move around a little bit. I like Matt Ryan mostly because he's playing the Jaguars, and the Jaguars have almost just gone ahead and given up. If they haven't already entirely, um, Minshew Magic has uh, has sort of petered out. Um, the, the team doesn't have DJ Chark anymore that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and it's a team that is not going to put up a whole lot of fight against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that just beat the 49ers uh, last week. So I think surging a little bit. Uh, I do like Fitzpatrick, but I want everyone to keep in mind that it's Ryan Fitzpatrick we're talking about. <laughs> and and honestly, there's a 50% chance anytime Fitzpatrick plays that he could be so horrible that, um, that any one of us could be better than him. So who is your final decision? That's, that's a Matt Ryan this, that's this time. That's a Matt
0: Ryan. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention, not that it's okay for you to not pick the one there. It's just, you know, they're they're very close, as we say. Last week you picked three that were the lower pick. Yeah. So I...
1: Hmm, it's up to whimsy, you know. I think I'm
0: going to go with Matt Ryan here as well. I just think that he's playing enough. You know, I, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick, in the bottom, can fall out at any time. And Andy Dalton is probably slightly better than it Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Well, something that I I neglected to mention was just that uh, the Bengals have been playing a lot better since Andy Dalton came back in, since some of the receivers got healthy again. Um, Although that
0: could make for a big fantasy day for Fitzpatrick then.
1: Well, I I just think that uh, the Bengals seem to be picking up their play for some reason uh, heading into the end of the season, whereas Miami has no real reason to continue to win games.
0: Well, they're both, you know, hoping for the final pick. I suppose that um, this game could decide that if the Bengals happen to win the last two and the Dolphins happen to lose the last two. so Or are the Dolphins more than two games away now?
1: Clash of the they Titans. They might actually be more than two games away. Clash of the Titans then. here is what you're saying.
0: Remember when everyone had this game circled as like, this could be the two 0-14 teams playing?
1: Yeah. Look at them now. <laughs> Look at them
0: now.
2: Uh, what I do think, you like? I think I'm going Matt Ryan. Uh, just okay. because cha- <laughs> championship week. It I, is unanimous. I couldn't you it never
1: up. want to play someone who could easily fall into the swamp. You know, It's just a bad place to be.
0: <laughs> all right, so we'll touch on the running backs here in a moment. So remember, the music all has a, a theme to it. If you can identify the theme, then make sure you email Dave 5com or Jason at Drink5.com. Or you can send us a private message on Twitter. Let us know what you think the theme is tonight. The hint, I guess, would be that it's a little more abstract, and that it's not—I'm not, not going to beat you over the head with it this week—and that uh, I'm just looking for a word or two, really, for the theme.
1: Has anyone guessed the themes? Yeah, we've had—we've uh, had, had two, had a people get it right, two yeah. winners already so far this year. And uh, you are not allowed to guess this one, so I, I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> but uh, we, we have had two, and, and we send them a little bit of Drink 5 swag. So uh, um, Yeah,
0: you may win a prize if you get it right. That's right. All right. So, on to running back. We've got Melvin Gordon, who is ranked number 17. Uh, he is playing versus Oakland, I believe. They're They're playing in Los Angeles, not San Diego, guys. I know you thought I was going to say that. Or we've got Devin Singletary at number 18 playing in New England. I'm glad you're
1: getting over that. uh...
0: Soon we'll be going to Bulldog instead of Bulldogs. That's right. Anyways, Melvin Gordon's snap share has dipped a lot lately. He hit a season low of 40% last week. Uh, After just a few weeks before that, he was at a season high of 65%. He carried the ball only seven times, the fewest he's seen all year. The one bright spot is that he's had five receptions in each of the last two games. That's high for the year. He's facing Oakland. They give up the 13th most points to opposing running backs. They did give up 19.3 to Gordon when he played them in Week 10. It's kind of nice uh, this time of year to have uh, these previous game matchups to compare to. Do you guys look at that ever when you know teams are playing the second round, time around for the division?
2: Yeah, I do. I'm always curious what the players have scored against them before. I mean, it gives you a good idea on who they're matched up against on the defense. And uh, yeah, I like that. It so. is, it's
0: especially helpful if it only happened a few weeks ago. That's true. This, I believe, was a game much earlier in the year, though. So, Devin Singletary has been used a lot more on the Bills. He's seen a 70% snap share every week since week 11. Uh, before that, he had only topped out at 68%. So, um, you know, his ceiling has now become his floor in terms of snap share. He's got almost 18 carries per game over that same time period since week 11. He's the RB18 over the last four weeks, so that's a solid RB2 position. He is, That is all standard scoring that I'm giving you here with this uh, Pick Your Poison. So his opponent this week is the Patriots. So Devin Singletary has a lot of volume that you can chase. I definitely think he's going to be getting the 18 to 20 or more touches per game for the rest of the season and through the playoffs, but... Like I was saying, his biggest problem this week is that he's playing the New England Patriots. They give up the second fewest points to opposing running backs. Last week, Joe Mixon did set a season high against them, however, of 15.6 points, which is not, you know, I mean, that's a good game, but that's not anything to to be super proud of. So uh, my turn to pick first this time. I like, mm, these are both. See, I I think that Melvin Gordon is not going to get a lot of Carries, but I think that Devin Singletary is not going to get a lot of points.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one.
0: Um I I think I have to go with Melvin Gordon here though. Uh, just because the matchup with Devin Singletary is just awful. And and I don't ever want to start anyone against the New England defense. <laughs> uh Mike, what do you think?
2: I wanted to go Gordon, but I'm scared Dave's going to go Gordon too, so I'm going to go the truth. I'm going to go Singletary. The truth. Um the reason I'm going to do you it is, the truth. is volume. I do agree that he's going to get more volume um, after Joe Mixon kind of shredded New England last week. Uh, early in the game, I shouldn't say shredded. But <laughs> uh, shredding I'll, for New England. I'll, I'll use that lightly. Uh, on, on volume, I'm going to go Singletary. Uh, also, that, that Buffalo-New England game is going to be good. Uh, Saturday so it's, game. It's, it's Saturday be, midday. I think it's going to be competitive. They're going to be running the ball the try to keep the defense on the field and Brady off the field. And, uh, yeah, let's go.
1: So I like Devin Singletary, um, but I don't know if I'm going to choose him. Just like Mike said, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week nine, which is a little rough for me. He has been uh, uh, logging an uptick in volume. Um, that, That much is obvious based on what you guys both said as well. Um, But the Patriots uh, have the fewest total touchdowns and uh, fewest fantasy points to opposing backs this season. So I would rather go with the Melvin Gordon matchup against the Raiders in uh, a matchup that I see Phillip Rivers getting close to the end zone more often. And I just, I I know there may not be the same volume in carries between Melvin Gordon and Singletary, with Singletary maybe having more, but I think that the carries that Gordon will have may be closer to the end zone. So I'm going to bank on Gordon scoring a touchdown, which will pretty much automatically guarantee victory if he does, because I don't think Singletary will.
0: All right, so our other pair is going to be Le'Veon Bell or Raheem Mostert. So I'm putting you down for Gordon there, Dave. Um, so we all have uh, a chance. Nobody's ha- Nobody's got the same three picks so far. That's good. So Le'Veon Bell is ranked number 24. He is playing Pittsburgh. They're playing in uh, New Jersey, technically. And Raheem Mostert is ranked number 25. They are playing that game in Los Angeles. The 49ers versus the Rams. That's the night game on Saturday. That should be really good as well. <clears throat> so I've heard a lot of mentions of revenge games this year. And I think this could be a real one. I don't know. I I don't know if there are any real revenge games. So, Bell is facing his former team.
1: I think if you looked up the stats, there would be some kind of a little bit of a surge. Don't you normally see that, like, uh, someone plays a little bit better? Like, they have a better stat day? I feel like
0: that may be the case. But it's one of those... I feel like it should be true... But I, I don't know that, like...
2: <laughs> it correlates it more is. to dad games, like right after they have a baby. Dad games. I'm on about that they have a bigger surge than revenge games. Or dead dad games.
0: Yes. Oh, there we go. That's like a, Brett Favre's that's game.
1: A, that, <laughs> that's a podcast right there. St- <laughs> statistics after, like, a large event in their life, you know. <laughs> what, what makes the tick uh, counter go up a little bit more?
0: Okay, so back to Le'Veon Bell. He has been not good this year to put it mildly uh he just had an incident where he was sick but went out bowling or whatever it seemed to me like the team told him not to play he pulled a good game he pulled a really good game it was like a 250 something his high game ever well he should have the flu more often yeah so (laughs) (laughs) i think that he needs to make an impressive showing and it'll be the the most noticeable against his old team uh, because he's going to be going somewhere else next year Jets don't want to keep him around. He's too expensive, but somebody's going to need a running back uh, for just a little while, and they're going to go ahead and get Bell. Maybe it'll be Houston, maybe someone else. So the Pittsburgh Steelers have a great defense this year. They're giving up the sixth fewest points to opposing running backs. They've only given up five double-digit performances all season. Several of those were fluky, like to David Johnson in Week 14. They gave up a bunch of points to Rashad Penny in Week 2 before he did anything good. And then Jeff Wilson, and it doesn't matter when they play Jeff Wilson, he should never have double-digit points. So Bell hasn't broken 100 rushing yards all season. The Steelers haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher all year. It doesn't look good for Le'Veon Bell. If he does play well in this game, it's going to be very impressive. And then you've got Raheem Mostert. So he's the kind of player that you pick up late, and he's going to be winning you your fantasy league or getting you through the playoffs um, because he had huge games in, like, week 13 and 14. So if you were starting him then, then it was kind of like a surprise extra player, right? So last week he only had a 9.9 point performance. That uh, wasn't very good, but I'm not too worried about his role on the Niners. <clears throat> that was the game against the Falcons where they just need to burn the tape on that one. They fumbled the ball four times. I don't expect the 49ers... To play that sloppily again they were clearly just kind of ignoring this game taking it for granted it's one of those things that you see occasionally that the patriots never do um, so matt Breda did fumble twice in the game and i don't think that Brady is going to be able to overtake mostert tevin coleman he's moved from the guest house to the dog house because he is not getting the ball anymore only 13 touches in his last three games The Rams are giving up the 14th most points to opposing running backs. And I think that that number is kind of skewed a little bit. Because last week, as Mike was talking about the Cowboys, they gave up 48 points in standard scoring to Zeke and Pollard.
2: That's nice.
0: That is an insane number of points. So both those guys scored at least 20 points last week. I will pick first on this. Um... I think that Le'Veon Bell... Oh, I picked first last time, but I just said Le'Veon Bell. I think Le'Veon Bell has the game against the Steelers. Uh, What I'm most interested to hear is both of you are Steelers fans. Both of you probably have lots of thoughts on the Steelers and fewer thoughts about Le'Veon Bell. But I want to know how you think that's going to go.
2: Steelers are a good defense. They really are. Le'Veon Bell's not really on a good offense. He really isn't. Uh, I'm not gonna say he's a bad player because I still believe in Bell. Uh, I don't hate him, just because Antonio Brown made it very easy to get over Le'Veon Bell. Uh, <laughs> to be completely honest, but he hasn't he hasn't been very good this year. So in this matchup, I'm going Colonel Mustard. Uh, just even with limited carries, his he's been able to do more than Le'Veon Bell shown me all year. Uh, if you played Le'Veon Bell last week, there's a good chance you're not in a championship. Uh, if you do have Le'Veon Bell and you didn't start him and you're in the championship, then I'd play whoever you played last week. That's interesting. <laughs> I
0: believe Dave uh, started Le'Veon Bell on one of his championship-bound teams. Uh, well, I don't see that. Right. I don't
1: see why not. I, I think what you guys are 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 not looking at is the sort of boom or bust nature of Mostert and the running backs on the 49ers in general. So I prefer to start consistency rather than boom or bust. What I see from Mostert and the 49ers is that, yes, he's been getting the carries lately, but that could obviously change on a dime. There are three guys there. Whichever one has the hot hand in that game, that's who they're going to give it to. That's what they've been doing the entire season. Um, At least if you're looking at Bell, he just went up against a Baltimore Ravens team that's averaging 17.5 fantasy points uh, against running backs, which is only two uh, less uh, uh, than the Pittsburgh Steelers, averaging 17.0. And he still put up that uh, 9 or 10 point floor. And I think he's going to continue to do that. I know that he's had bad games as well, but if you look at the carries that he has... Uh, it hasn't uh, dipped below ten since week eight. That is not the same for Mostert. Um, it
2: hasn't di- dipped
1: below ten since week
2: twelve. Not bad. Three consecutive weeks: nineteen, ten, fourteen.
1: Hey, I'm I'm not here saying that Mostert is a bad t- running back. Touchdowns
2: or, in four straight weeks. Or that
1: he's not trending up. What I'm him here to say is that uh, Bell is a is a good receiving back on a team that's going to have to pass the ball a little bit because the Steelers have a good rushing defense. And who are they going to go to on the Jets? Jameson Crowder and Le'Veon Bell. So he's one of those guys that can still have a great game even if he doesn't have a lot of rushing attempts. Especially in uh, half PPR or PPR leagues, I would start Le'Veon Bell. It's going to come down to who scores the touchdown. If Mostert scores a touchdown, he's going to have more points. If Bell does, he's going to have more points. So I will put the edge on the side of the guy who is playing against uh, the team that he used to be on. I'm going to put it on, uh, on Le'Veon Bell. We have All a right. really
2: good defense. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: you do, Mike. Yes, if only if
1: only we had a really good offense.
0: That's true. Yes, you don't have much of an offense. No. I, I mean, I think that they could probably, if they're careful, they could run the ball a bunch. Excuse me. And then they will, uh, the Jets, that is. And, you know, it's not like the Pittsburgh Steelers are... Built to have sustained drives.
1: Well, this is the point. If the Jets have a long Robbie Anderson touchdown or something, if there's if they're able to uh you know, to, to, to match the Steelers or go up on the Steelers, there's no reason at all uh to, to give the ball back to them. You just run it and run it as long as you can.
0: Alright. So as Steelers fans, you think that they're okay against the Jets? Yes. They're gonna win this game easily?
1: Well, this is a whole different question.
0: Defense.
2: <laughs> yeah, I am asking you another question. They're yes. going to have five sacks, two turnovers.
1: I think the defense probably
2: not a touchdown because odds aren't. They won't, but they're uh, going to yeah. just destroy them.
1: I, I think the defense will score a lot of points. I think a pick six is uh, you know a thirty percent chance or something. Um, but ultimately, what has to happen in order for them to win the game is that uh, is that Duck has to get them um, into the red zone at least you know twice. Uh, three times so that we can score some actual points if we can't score points with James Washington or get a couple of field goals with Chris Boswell the Jets will score points on a passing attack at some point um because Darnold is able to chuck it downfield so if if we're not able to score points against them we're not going to win I I say that that Pittsburgh beats the Jets though
0: okay um what do you think yeah I I I think that the Steelers are going to (laughs) win Steelers are a much better team than the Jets this year. They can definitely turn Sam Darnold over four or five times. But four it, or five times? Like you were saying. All right. I mean, <laughs> they could. If he's going to be throwing the ball a lot, it's a possibility that he's throwing it to the wrong team.
1: Yeah, seeing some ghosts out there.
0: It's just possible. It's not like I'm saying it's going to happen. There you go. But I just don't see them as uh, a team that can match up to the Steelers right now. Okay. Um, it, would, it would take Le'Veon Bell having a huge day to, for the Jets to win.
1: With an earthquake, birds and snakes and aeroplane. And Lenny Bruce is not
2: afraid. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself, turn works with the tongue.
0: so we have the wide receivers next we're going to go to number 14 kenny galladay who is playing in denver versus number 15 Stephon diggs playing at home against green bay interesting thing about kenny galladay he did something that megatron didn't even do so kenny galladay now is the first lions wide receiver to have a hundred a thousand yards not a hundred yards a thousand yards in his in two of his
1: first three seasons I thought you were talking about some kind of burger challenge or something. (laughs) No, I I
0: think Megatron could probably beat him in a lot of burger challenges. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, the quarterback that Kenny Galladay has right now is David Blau, like Mr. Plow. That name again is David Blau.
1: Ah, Simpsons jokes.
0: Ah, yes. So that is going to suck from a fantasy (laughs) perspective for Kenny Galladay owners. Blau only has three (laughs) touchdowns in his three games, but he's throwing the ball a lot. He averages 41 attempts per game. It's probably because the Lions are always losing. They will probably be losing against Denver. So the silver lining is that Denver is giving up big numbers to number one wide receivers. Like Stephon Diggs, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, and Keenan Allen. So you could roll the dice here because they're not stopping the number one guys. And he is about as talented as all them. He just doesn't have the quarterback talent to get the ball to him. So the other guy who is in the NFC North in this combination is Stephon Diggs. He has not been doing that great lately. He's averaging only 7.5 points per game in the last three weeks. So he's had a lot of volume. He's had 24 targets over that time, and the matchups have been tough. This week against Green Bay, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road matchup. Green Bay's given up the 14th fewest points to opposing wide receivers. They held Diggs to 8.5 points the last time they played, but that was in Week 2. Adam Thielen was there in Week 2. He's back now. Uh, He came back last week. He'll be playing again this week. I think that he may have an increased role. So Diggs is kind of a mixed bag here. He's more of a risk than he was in the middle of the season when he was the only guy. So where do you think he
2: is, Mike? Um you know. I picked first last time. But this this <laughs> No, one's, I took Bell first. This one's tough. Uh I think I'm going Kenny Galladay. I just like his position more. Uh Marvin Jones is out. Who else are they going to throw to?
1: Or will they throw it to anyone at all? Or will they throw it to anyone (laughs) at all? Will they bother playing football?
2: You know, Vikings-Green Bay, it's going to be a competitive game. Um, I do like Stefan Tiggs, but, you know, Thielen's back. Uh, They've been finding Rudolph a lot in the red zone, so I'm uh, I'm going Kenny Galladay. All right.
1: Um, I, I just can't pick Lions receivers right now with their offense, with where they are. I don't think they're going to do very well at all. Um, so I have to pick the alternative and Kenny Galladay has been a a great receiver for quite a while. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's no reason to think that he has lessened at all in his talent, but because of the situation with their quarterback and because they're not really trying that hard, at least from the games that I've seen, um, they will be down, though, in the game. So they're going to be trying to toss it. He's going to get some targets. Yeah. My problem is the quarterback's not good enough. So I'm going with quarterback play for the receiver. That's Stefan Diggs.
0: Okay. So I really do like this stat that I found about the uh, guys since week 11 who have played and played well against them are all the number one receivers. It's not like other teams where you see the second receiver blowing up uh, more often. So I just think that Denver may have some trouble stopping the best guy. And I think that that best guy is clearly going to be Galladay. I'm going to go with Galladay. If only because that will break the streak of me and Dave picking the same one three times in a row now.
1: All right. (laughs) I like your guys' strategy.
0: (laughs) I I looked at it. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have four picks in a row that are the same. Sure. That's just boring. (laughs)
2: <laughs> where's where's the fun of that?
0: I can find a reason to root for Kenny Galladay
2: yeah, it's a close matchup
0: it is it is well that's the whole point of this exercise this is good Anthony Miller is ranked number 31 he's playing against Kansas City they're playing at home in Chicago John Brown is going to be in New Orleans he's ranked number 32 Anthony Miller has been lighting it up lately for a Bears receiver that is over his last three games he has 42 total points his target volume has been high he had 13 targets in week 13 15 targets last week He only had four targets the week before, so it kind of shows you that the Bears' offense is not consistent and they don't know what they're doing all the time yet. They know what they're doing a few times a game, and that's about it. So over the last five weeks, he has averaged 10 targets per game. I think that he is Trubisky's favorite target lately. And, you know, some guys, even though the offense looks terrible, are valuable in fantasy football. So the Chiefs have given up the fourth, fourth, fewest points to opposing wide receivers but you know this is a matchup where both these two guys have uh really tough uh teams to play against so the chiefs are weaker against the run so i kind of figure that that's not going to matter i figure the chiefs are going to get out to an early lead and then the bears are going to feel obligated to throw it and they really do like to throw the ball this year so i don't know that uh the fact that the chiefs have a good uh, bad running defense is gonna help the Bears at all. I think that they're just gonna keep throwing the ball into a good defense. And then you got John Brown, who's had a breakout season this year. He was our sleeper Browns pick this year. I think Dave had the AFC East and you picked him as the sleeper on the team. So uh good call there, buddy. Easy call. Yeah. I, I did pick it up pick him up in the league. I like that. So <laughs> he broke a thousand yards for the second time in his career. He is having the best season of his career. He has a high-level mark in receptions, yardage, and yards per game. He still has two games to go to keep adding on to that. So, unfortunately, this week he's going to be shut down by Stephon Gilmore, the Patriots' league-leading pass defense. That's the fewest points allowed to opposing wide receivers, and it's almost three points more than the next team. And this is, when I say that, it's as the unit as a whole. So the defense versus all of the receivers on another team. They're only giving up about 13 points per game in standard leagues which is less than 100 yards and a touchdown. They have only given up three passing touch like receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this year. The other two wide receivers that scored touchdowns were uh, Stills from, not Stills, but Stephen, uh, what's his face? on Sims. Sims, thank you, on Red Washington. Yeah. And then there was DeAndre Hopkins throwing a pass a few weeks ago. <laughs> so they've only given up five touchdowns total this year and uh two two wide receivers that is so um, what do we like here anthony miller john brown dave
1: so like you said about john brown uh going even further in the perimeter receivers against new england have only scored two touchdowns the entire year and he's a perimeter receiver. He's going up against Gilmore. I like looking at these matchups whenever you have a a cornerback or a defensive back that is uh, spectacular or exceptional, which I think he belongs to that category. So I will not start anyone going up against those kinds of players unless they are a de facto number one wide receiver on the year. And I don't consider John Brown that, even though he's been good. I go Anthony Miller by default, and I agree with your... um, with your analysis about the Bears game against the Chiefs, they'll be tossing the ball all the time, which means Anthony Miller will have at least six receptions in that game.
0: Um, Yeah, I got to agree with you. Not so much on the Anthony Miller thing, but uh, definitely on the John Brown thing where he is going against Stephon Gilmore, best in the game. You can't really start the guy against them unless they're elite, like a DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones or someone just who's massive too.
1: Have you been watching the Bears games over the past three weeks? Some of them. <laughs> well, they all some they do, of,
0: some of each of them.
1: All they do is throw the ball to Anthony Miller.
0: I know. I mean, he has a ridiculous amount of targets.
1: It's because uh, the the safety blanket of uh, Mr. Trubisky is is out on injury. Taylor Gabriel.
0: Taylor Gabriel. Oh.
1: And if there's no Taylor Gabriel, who usually soaks up all the targets, it goes to Anthony Miller, unless there's a downfield target that's uh, that's going to Robinson okay and and what's the best thing in the world for quarterbacks that just love to to send it around for seven yards at a time it's the wr2 who's not being guarded by the (laughs) by the top defensive back
0: well put so uh mike who are you gonna go with i'm
2: in the same boat i can't really uh deviate from
1: that sorry
2: (laughs) that's okay (laughs) okay
0: Um so I I had written down the wrong player. The thing with John I'm Brown is that.
1: if he gets like a long touchdown then then he you know probably wins the week. But uh the Patriots stats are so good against them that it's impossible for us to say is gonna it's gonna happen. Well, John Brown gets a lot of targets too. I mean and he, and he does line up all over the field but it's going to be against Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, that's it's just it, it's a better uh it's a worse matchup for him. Yeah. yeah.
0: got the tight ends to wrap this up with. You got Tyler Higby who is ranked number 5. He's playing in San Francisco and Austin Hooper who is ranked number 6. He will be hosting Jacksonville this week. Um, last week Higby got his third straight 100 yard game. He's been doing it um, uh, ever since, what's his face? Gerald Everett went out. Yep, it, It's been amazing. He had 884 career yards going into this. He's increased that number by 37% now. So he's already the tight end 14 on the season after basically playing three games. He is the tight end four over the last four weeks. He's going to be facing the 49ers defense who give up the second fewest points to opposing tight ends. In weeks 13 and 14, however, they gave up big games to Mark Andrews and Jared Cook. So they maybe are very vulnerable lately or maybe it's just good tight end play. Um, we will, we'll figure that out. Austin Hooper, meanwhile, was leading all tight ends in fantasy scoring. And then he went down for an injury, sat out weeks 11 through 13. He hasn't done much since he came back, but he does have six targets per game. Last week, I feel like that play probably should have been a touchdown. It reminded me of the touchdown that the tight end for the Steelers had last year in the playoffs, Jesse James. Yeah, that, that basically the one caused that wasn't them,
1: a touchdown, but it should have been. The one that caused them to change the rule. That's the. Uh, it's actually isn't it called now like the Jesse, the James. Jesse James rule. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the same kind of touchdown where Screw
1: the ball the, the ball touched the ground, but
0: it
2: had nothing to do with asterisk asterisks.
1: That's an asterisk on that one, yeah.
0: Okay, so we'll put an asterisk on that one and <laughs> say that Austin Hooper maybe did score a touchdown. So last week, the Jaguars did give up a ten catch, one hundred twenty two yard performance to Darren Waller. So Hooper, we know he can get open. I think he'll go back to his production from earlier in the season. And Jacksonville is going to have to focus all their efforts on Julio Jones not getting 20 targets again. So, Dave, who do you like?
1: Yeah, Higby's been, been great, absolutely. Um, I like Austin Hooper to bounce back. Um, I like to look at trends, and there is no trend for Hooper right now. I do think that the Atlanta Falcons will, will have a good day at the races. However, I'm going to go with the, the guy who has been doing well already, and that happens to be Tyler Higby.
0: Okay. Uh, I like Austin Hooper in this. I think that he's going to get back to his old... Uh, he's not Hopper, is he? Hooper. I think that he's going to get back to his old tricks and have a pretty good good game. 80 yards and a touchdown, maybe, from him.
1: Oh, that's a conservative estimate from you? A conservative <laughs> estimate. It sounds like you need that to happen, yeah?
0: No, I don't. <laughs> well, in a way, I do. <laughs> I'll be honest. Mike, uh, who do
2: you like? I'm going Higby. Uh, based on trends, he's been an animal. And uh, just watching the Rams games closely, having a lot of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods uh, in in the finals, uh, or leading up to the finals, I should say, I've uh, seen a lot of Higby out there. Uh, he was a big part of the offense. I think that's going to continue. Yeah.
1: I kind of feel bad for Gerald Everett because he, he's been so good, but now it's kind of overshadowed by this breakout performance. Yep. But hey, as we know from other teams... he comes back,
0: they'll probably run two tight ends. Yeah, I was going to
1: say there's nothing wrong with two tight ends. We know from uh, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, uh, from from a lot of uh, uh, double tight end formations the teams run. Speaking of double tight end formation, guys... Oh, it's a good transition. Not O.J. Howard, who's ranked
0: number 11 and playing Houston, but Dallas Goddard, who's ranked number 12, playing... The Cowboys.
1: Yeah, Goddard and Ertz. How yeah, about that? Yeah,
0: exactly. So O.J. Howard has not have had a very good season. He's basically the default number two target on the Bucks, though, after the wide receiver group had three guys go down in the last two weeks. So Howard has 19 targets in his last three games. I think that number could even go up, that average anyways. The Texans are giving up the sixth most of points to opposing tight ends, including double-digit performances each of the last two weeks. I, I, there's this theme where tight ends have suddenly started exploding in fantasy and done a lot better lately. So um, I do expect Howard to be used a lot. I think Houston is going to be able to focus on him. But well, when you
1: don't have any wide receivers, you go to the tight ends. Right. That's true from Philadelphia. will be true also in the Tampa Bay so Buccaneers. So he's
0: going to be an okay spot start. Uh, and then you got Dallas Goddard. He has been touchdown dependent. And he is also on a team with a depleted wide receiver group. But he's way behind Ertz when it comes to sharing in the targets. He's averaging only 6.5 targets per game in the last 5 games. uh, And his high is only 8, so it's pretty steady there. Goddard does have a high floor, or is a high floor, low ceiling kind of player. Um, Just remember that the floor for tight ends is mostly really low. Even the best guys can put up just 1 or 2 points. So Dallas is giving up the 11th most points to opposing tight ends. And just last week they got torched for 111 yards for by Tyler Higbee. So, they've given up five touchdowns to tight ends this year. Dallas is uh, going to score a touchdown against Dallas to make Dallas a good start.
2: That's my prediction.
1: Dallas against Dallas for Dallas. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go O.J. Howard. And I, don't, Dallas? I don't even think it's close. I think he has the higher floor and the higher ceiling. Uh, he's going to see more targets than Dallas Goddard this I mean, week. these
0: are the, the 11 and 12 guys. Yeah. So, it's not as if.
2: Um, they're both powerhouses. no, not powerhouses, <laughs> but I still think he has a higher floor and I think he has a higher ceiling because he's got a better chance at a touchdown. Okay. Both,
1: both these guys could score 15 at any any one yeah. spot. I, I have it I find it really hard to choose OJ Howard, but I'm still going to just because I feel like with the the massive depletion of of receiving targets um, on Tampa Bay. Uh, even though there there is a depletion over in Philadelphia, too, uh, Winston throws the ball more than Wentz does, and it has to go somewhere. So I, I feel like Howard is going to get at least six, seven, eight targets in that game. So Some Wentz, of them in the red zone, too. Wentz
0: also likes throwing the ball, not as much, but he throws the ball to tight ends. And the one thing I've learned this year is that if you start O.J. Howard, he's going to disappoint you, and you're probably going to lose your game. <laughs> chance, so yeah. I am taking Dallas Goddard here. I feel right. like uh, that that's a better chance of you know not disappointing me,
1: <laughs> to, to not being disappointed. <laughs> to
0: not being disappointed.
1: Well, this is also the difference between uh, like that floor and ceiling, like you're talking about, right? See, I, I would uh, I would disagree with Mike saying that Goddard's floor is probably better for me, being a conservative player. But if I need touchdown points, I have to go with OJ Howard because he's going to be the guy that they go to for the those red zone targets.
0: That works, that makes sense.
1: Or maybe they both score four, I don't know. That
2: could happen.
1: I guess we'll see what happens next year. (laughs) (laughs) We'll know
0: between us. We'll announce it in August, (laughs) when everyone cares.
1: So please remember, as Jason said earlier, that we are more than happy to send over some uh, some swag from our warehouse over to your household if you if you email us uh, David Drink Five or Jason at Drink Five or tweet us uh, at Drink Five on Twitter, um, Drink Five Network on Facebook. Just let us know what you thought the theme was for this week, and we'll be happy to send you over something in a nice little package. I'm not going to put a bow on it, but you don't need a bow. Come on.
0: You could put a bow on
1: it. You don't need a bow.
0: You could draw a bow
1: on it. I'm not gonna put a bow on. it. Okay, fine. Because I'm I'm not gonna ship it myself.
0: I'm not really a fan <laughs> of bows. We've got we've got our warehouse people to take care. It's of being
1: that. drop shipped. All right. <laughs> um, so so uh, what we've done every week now this whole year or most of it anyway is have a little bit of an injury update. Um, we have less this week than we have in previous weeks, which is good because we don't have a whole lot of time in the studio tonight. Uh, we're all trying to uh, to get home and. Uh, Uh, put on Rick and Morty and see what that's all about. Oh, good call. So uh, let's talk about quarterbacks. Um, Not a lot going on. I mentioned Dak Prescott earlier. He suffered an injury to his right shoulder in week 15, was limited in practice on Wednesday, had an MRI already. The results were clear, no issues. Uh, Dallas Cowboys expecting him to play. Matt Stafford I wanted to touch on just because he finally got put on IR, and I was beginning to think at this point that it wasn't going to happen. Do you remember when Matt Stafford got injured to the point where he didn't play? Do you guys remember what week that was? Six, maybe? I didn't write it down. I'm just asking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping you remembered.
1: But I'm pretty sure it was like week seven, eight, something like that. And he
0: was out for a while, and then they were like, oh, by the way, he's got a fractured back.
1: So Matt Patricia, Detroit's coach, said Stafford was still progressing from his injury. They were hoping to get him back. And I think the only reason he wasn't on IR, we talked about this in a previous podcast, was because he was stubborn about it. He wanted to play again. But Patricia finally said in a press conference that we've had too many injuries and we just had to do it because you can only have a certain amount of guys on the team at once. Yep. But ultimately, guys, is there anyone on the Lions at all that you would start unless you absolutely had to?
2: Um, I think I'm starting Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I did choose Kenny Galladay. Did you Halladay? have to? Well, it depends on other options, but it's still... <laughs> because I
0: didn't want to start Stephon Diggs.
2: Well, you have to be... I'd have to be pretty stacked at wide receiver. Are you starting Pyramin or Kenny Galladay this week? What if you picked up Pyramin on waivers? Are you starting him over Kenny Galladay? So
1: that's the question if we look at a situation like Galladay versus Chris Conley or Brashad um, or Perriman or someone that you can pick up off the waivers this week. T.Y. Hilton maybe because a lot of teams dropped him. Do you start one of those guys over Galladay? I say yes, personally, because I just hate the Lions offense with, <laughs> with this anemic, <laughs> anemic quarterback this much. I would start anybody over him in the, ranked in the top 35 receivers. Fair. But if you're starting him, I wish you the best of luck, of course.
2: <coughs> Maybe that's why I'm out. Um, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you started Kenny Galladay last week and you made it to the championship,
1: I hey, think. But it's really hard to not start the, the WR1 who's been really good. I get it. I get it. I get it, man. Uh, but let's move on to running backs um, real quick-like. I'll
2: live by the grace of you That I got this attitude I'll show you my gratitude when I make
1: it through I see the light at the end of the tunnel now
2: you got Galladay ranked above Pyramid, by the way.
1: Yes, I do. (laughs) Well,
0: that was before the official... Well, there is no official Godwin news yet. There will be. There will be.
1: It's really sad. (laughs) We'll talk about Godwin in just a second. Um, To see those rankings, go to drink5.com. He's been so good. Okay, so running backs. Let's talk about Delvin Cook, guys. In week 15, Cook aggravated the shoulder injury that he's been recovering from since week 13. He left before halftime, didn't return to the game. Rookie backup Alexander Madison, which we've talked about um, all throughout the year. Madison is a great running back when he has opportunities to go. He normally would have filled in for Cook in the matchup, but he was inactive last week with an ankle injury. I don't have a whole lot of details here. Unfortunately, Minnesota is not one of those teams that is very um, loose with injury information. (laughs) So because uh, he was unable to fill in and he was inactive in that game, Mike Boone ended up with the snaps. That resulted in 13 rushes for 56 yards and two touchdowns. It sounds like Cook is recovering on schedule based on all the news from beat reporters that I've seen from Twitter and other sources. However, Adam Schefter indicated just a couple days ago that he would be surprised if Cook plays in Week 16 or 17. What's interesting is I think that happened on uh, the Monday Night Football broadcast on uh, um, in weeks uh, 15. And I don't think anyone was expecting that news to break from Schefter. So I don't know if it was a breaking news kind of situation or if he's just insinuating it um, or inferring it from other info. But it seems to me like the Vikings are better off resting Cook so that he can be good in the playoffs. Unfortunately for Cook owners, that means that we might not have Cook and we might not have Madison. And so if you're planning uh, the way that you should with a guy like Cook, who's injury prone and he's shown to be, and you have Madison as a backup, wh- what do you do here, right? You have to pick up Mike Boone now. You have to have the third guy on that offense. And that's something that's almost impossible to have. Who here is going gonna, is gonna to have the backup to the backup for a position on your team? Nobody, right? No. You, you don't have a handcuff to the handcuff. What do you even call that? Is it still a handcuff or is there some other name for that? Is there a nomenclature here? Can we make <laughs> one up? Um, I don't know a daisy chain the daisy chain to the handcuff to the starter I'm like (laughs) yeah that's not going to happen so careful attention is required to the health uh, of uh, these Minnesota running backs throughout the week the Packers are the eighth worst uh, fantasy defense against the running backs so whoever ends up starting will be a top 15 play on my rankings I guarantee it if Schefter's inside information is to be believed here Madison will need to practice in the next few days, or Mike Boone will be the starter on Monday Night Football. Uh, so do you think we'll know that by, like, Friday? Because yes. they don't play till Monday, as you're saying. I do. Okay. I, uh, it's possible that Madison could be a game-time decision, but it's more likely to me with an ankle injury that he's either out or he's practicing. Uh, and if he's practicing in limited capacity, they'll probably run Madison. But I don't expect, based on Schefter, who is almost always right about this stuff... Um, uh, that that Cook will play. So listen, Mike Boone, starter Monday Night Football. He scored two touchdowns last week. He was an undrafted agent, uh, free agent in 2018. And I just talked to uh, to Mike about this off the air. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but he was actually ranked second in athleticism among the 150 running backs ranked that year in 2018. Number one, Saquon Barkley. Number two, Mike Boone. Just saying.
0: Very nice. <laughs>
1: Damian Williams was declared inactive last week, but he did get in a few limited practice sessions. Williams has been gone since week 11 uh, when he injured his ribs playing against the Chargers, but he did practice Wednesday, which is a good sign that he'll be able to play against the Bears in week 16. Unfortunately for Williams, the Bears are top 10 in the league for least amount of rushing yards allowed. He probably won't get very far on those rushes, especially since he'd be joining a committee of all the guys in the world, including LaShawn McCoy, Darwin Thompson, Spencer Ware, uh, or more. (laughs) You know? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. So you guys tell me, is there any situation in which you would play a uh, Kansas City Chiefs running back uh, in the fantasy championships? Because I only say if, no,
0: like that. Only if someone like Le'Veon Bell was on that team.
1: <laughs> I can't. I can't bring myself to start any of them.
0: Maybe if they get Kareem Hunt back.
1: You know the funny thing is, on a lot of leagues right now, redraft leagues especially, you could pick up any one of them because they're all on the waivers. Yeah. Because why would you want to own them? That's true. <laughs> Didn't we talk about this at the beginning of the season? Damian Williams, just a guy. Yeah, no, you were,
0: you have been way down on the uh, on the Kansas City backfield all year, and you've been right about it all
1: year. Appreciate that, man. Uh, It's it's disappointing because Williams, I had him on a team last year. At the end of the year, he was scoring touchdown after touchdown, Um, but it seems like he can only do it for like this limited amount of time and then once he's reached his maximum uh, <laughs> rushes he's he runs out of power real quick. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. I,
0: I had him in the Dynasty team <laughs> and at the end of last year I was like, oh my god another starting running back that I fell into.
1: It would have been nice. Nope. No, But you have Nick Chubb so that's fine.
0: That'll help.
1: Uh, Josh Jacobs ruled out for week 16 due to a shoulder injury. Combo of DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard will fill in for the excellent rookie this weekend. Let's talk about Washington, who touched the ball twenty times in Week 14 when Jacobs was inactive, he rushed for 53 yards and a touchdown, caught six passes for 43 yards against the Titans. He should carry the load this week. We already know that Jacobs is inactive, which is so great, so important to know in fantasy ahead of time. We don't have to wait for yeah, it. There's I no... mean,
0: we we found out on uh, we found out today, right? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say we found out on Tuesday, but we didn't.
1: I think so. I could be wrong. It might have been like midnight we know or yesterday. Uh, like,
0: did we know before waivers went through? I forget. I'm not sure. I don't but, think we did because I wound up dropping DeAndre Washington.
1: Well, bad it, move. Bad the, move. the important thing here is that we know that DeAndre Washington is going to be the guy that fills in. And we know that uh, he's going up against the Chargers, which is not a bad matchup. They've given up the 11th most fantasy points to running back so far this year. So 22.8 fantasy points per game. Yeah. So DeAndre Washington, who catches passes in the backfield... And is able to run the football should do really well. Um, uh, the the Raiders themselves are a wild card, but there's no real reason why they would just give up the run game. So I feel like Washington is a really nice uh, running back to borderline running back one, uh, depending on uh, his Boomer Bust potential for the championship. Do you guys like Washington? Um, and I, I have to say, I know this is not not the purpose of the podcast, but. Um, Josh Jacobs is going to be a really nice piece for for dynasty leagues going forward. I think.
0: Oh, I'm very happy with him as a number one overall pick in a regular dynasty league that you know worked out pretty well for me. Um, I just don't see DeAndre Washington doing a whole lot. The game where he had um, where he had the most carries, he still only had 53 yards um, rushing, so not 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 great. Only 14 carries. He did have a touchdown in that game. Added some catches though. Um, so he wound up with an okay game overall, but that's the only time he's done anything.
1: So Jason's sad because he doesn't have DeAndre Washington.
0: No, I think I'll be able to pick him back up on the wire.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I like him. And I think if you manage, start him, though. if you manage to pick him up as a Josh Jacobs owner, uh, he's worth throwing out there. It depends what your other options are again.
0: It's Would probably you guys start him over James White.
1: James White is so boomer bust all year, it's insane. I know. At least DeAndre Washington would have the floor that's way higher than White. He's going to be the guy who's in almost every snap.
0: Remember last week, White had a touchdown at the very beginning of the game? That was it. And then in the fourth quarter, I'm like, why does he have four fucking yards?
1: Well, you know what what they're saving White for is the playoffs, because that guy goes off in the playoffs. Yes, he
0: does. Yeah. I'll have to remember that for that draft.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, well... I, I do like Washington, but you're right, if he doesn't score the touchdown and if you're not in a PPR league, he's not going to score you a lot of points. Uh, he's certainly not someone who is going to be like uh, in in the top 10 or an RB1 status for a uh, standard league. But it, as soon as you're talking about getting passes and points for passes, uh, DeAndre Washington, who's going to scoop up most of those, is heavily involved in that discussion. Um, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, I can live without
2: you. i waiting for the phone to ring Waiting for someone to tell you everything At the end of the life. Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring At the end of the line Give a damn ring Well, it's all right Even if the sea are wrong.
1: I like the songs tonight. Good job, uh, Jason. Usually picks the music, uh, and he did so again tonight with uh, with a great flourish.
0: I even pick the music when I'm not here sometimes.
1: Well, <laughs> well, well then. <laughs> so uh, receivers, and by the way, there are no tight ends that I'm going to discuss unless you guys want to bring up someone that you're interested in. Uh, but there's not anything specific uh, as far as tight ends that I'm that I have on my notes. Okay. Uh, wide receivers, Chris Godwin. I, I mentioned this earlier. We were going to talk about him. It's, pour one
0: out for Chris Godwin.
1: Yeah, just not on my computer. He rocked it's, it
0: on so many of my teams this year. It's, it's so good.
1: It's all hamstring problems. Is he worth a first round keeper next year? Godwin has, and I'll talk about this in a second, but probably the best third year breakout, like textbook definition third year breakout that I've ever seen in my entire life of watching football. He's the guy that you're looking for when you say third year wide receiver. That is Godwin. It's in it's in the dictionary. It's Chris Godwin.
0: Eighty six catches, oh, thirteen hundred thirty three yards, nine touchdowns this year.
1: That's right. Nice work, Godwin. Right.
0: Eleven yards per target.
1: So let's be quick because he's not playing. Uh, it's all hamstring problems in Tampa Bay. It was the same thing with Mike Evans. The same thing with Scotty. It's unfortunate. Uh, because the wide receivers that they had there were, were above average. In fact, uh, Godwin and Evans, we can say, are elite. Without those guys, we have uh, Perryman and Justin Watson and then O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait and the running backs. So that's who Winston has left to target. His breakout third year, and I'm talking about Godwin, was a perfect example of what everybody chases season after season. Um, you already talked about his stats: 86 receptions for 1333 yards. It's kind of nice to end on 1333. 3, three, three. Yeah. Uh, a, a ragtag crew is what we have left here. I wish he could have
0: landed on more, but you know.
1: I think Perryman is the most likely to succeed as far as like high school yearbook titles that we can <laughs> we can give the wide receivers that are remaining in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Um, but I think it's a little rough. It's a boomer bust WR1, so this is a guy who could have two touchdowns or he might literally get six targets, two receptions for 25 yards.
0: So of the last couple guys you've talked about, who do you think is a better direct fill-in, DeAndre Washington or Brashad Perryman?
1: Oh, see, I like flex questions. So obviously uh, uh, DeAndre Washington is a better floor than Brashad Perryman does unless you're in a PPR league. Okay. Eh, I would say either way. I would take the running back in almost all situations, especially. Well,
0: I, I guess what I was asking more of who's a more direct replacement for the guy that they're uh, replacing. Like, would you know who's a better fit? Is it going to be Washington replacing Jacobs on your team, or is it going to be Perriman replacing Godwin on your team?
1: What do you mean by a better fit? Who are you more comfortable with moving
0: in? You know, for their replacement, so... who's going to do? Who's going to do uh, the closest to their replacement's performance? I...
1: Is this a flex question, asking which one will have more points, or, or are you just asking me to see like 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 what color T-shirt do I like? You know, I don't, because I I like. You might as well just answer the first one. I like red, navy blue, gray. I
0: figured you would answer the second one. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think DeAndre Washington is an easier fit for that position. He's already been doing it for years on the Raiders offense. So you
0: do understand the question I was asking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perryman never succeeded as a, as a Raven And hasn't succeeded yet in a large way in the NFL He did really well last week And he could certainly do that again But as we talked about offline uh, When we talk about um, a WR1 We were afraid for Godwin last week Because he was going up against Darius Slay uh, Who's a great uh, cornerback And uh, someone who's a shadow corner Right? They don't have that, I don't think, in their, in their matchup here. Uh, who does Tampa Bay play? Tampa Bay is going to be hosting Houston on Saturday at noon. So Houston has a good defense, but I don't think they have a Slay uh, who's going to be man-to-man shadowing. Right. Um, but the problem... I was really
0: worried about that last week. Godwin wound up with 5 for 120 against but, Slay.
1: But it's the talent, man. Like yeah. Godwin is a talented receiver. Perryman has been just another guy. He is the just another guy who's WR1 but Houston now. Houston
0: doesn't, you know, Houston's a bunch of just another guys. On a
1: Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, who's going to throw the ball the entire game? It's just a bunch of guys. But to answer your question, I like DeAndre Washington filling in more than, than Perryman. Um, Adam Thielen, injured back in week seven. Uh, Thielen had a long road to recovery, but made it back on the field after missing four games. Five, if you include week nine, where he had zero catches and aggravated his hamstring. Six, if you include the team's bye week.
0: All right. <laughs>
1: so I, I think uh, Adam Thielen, for me, is one of those guys like Evan Engram that was never going to recover. Not very well, not very quickly. Evan Engram, if you remember, the first week he got injured, I said, it's a list, Frank. It was. You did, Dr. Biggs. <laughs> I'm just saying, these, a lot of times these teams You did don't... an
0: examination on Evan Engram and you came to a decision.
1: They don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit when there's a terrible injury, they just say he'll be back next week. He's week to week. He's day to day. I don't know. I
0: don't I don't really have a problem with that because they usually rule those guys out by Friday anyways.
1: But if you listened uh to the discussions that we had, then you would have dropped Engram a long time ago. Sure,
0: you may not drop him right away, but I don't know. This this is something about like always reporting the health of these guys that, you know, doesn't doesn't feel necessary. I don't mind that these teams all play smoke screens.
1: Well, I want it because because we're we're, we're in it for the money here, aren't we? I mean, come on, this is gambling. This is true. Uh, who are we kidding? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, if if you still have Thielen on your team, then it's an interesting play here. Um, so they take on the Packers on Monday Night Football. It's the 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 fantasy football championships and. Uh, He didn't suffer a setback, according to all news uh, and updates that I've seen. So he may actually be healthy. If he is healthy, if we see him practice all week, not in limited capacity, but fully, then I think that Thielen is a play. But I don't know if I would play him if he was on my team. I don't have him anywhere uh, you know, full disclosure. <laughs> but I, I—he's the
0: play, not my play, but a play.
1: Well, I hardly ever play guys that come back from in, extended injuries. I, I hardly ever play them on their first week back. But it's really tough for well, me to not. Well, he came
0: back last week, technically. Well, but like Hooper, Hooper took two weeks to come back, uh, or or has has taken two weeks so far.
1: Thielen caught three. I'm for, already predicting the future. Thielen caught three for twenty-seven. Right. Thielen yeah. and Hooper are both guys that like. May not actually be a hundred percent, and they're only there because the team needs them because they don't want a Brashad Perryman situation.
0: See, oh, um, t- nobody wants a Brashad Perryman situation, Dave. We just get stuck with it sometimes.
1: So let me ask you guys: Thielen, um, is he someone that you start, or is he someone that you just uh, you should you should wipe away from your mind entirely?
2: I'm not Mm. trusting him in the championship. Yeah, don't need him this year.
1: Is he going to come up uh, lame, you know, pulling up a hamstring and running off the field in the first quarter?
2: You don't know. He could, but it wouldn't surprise you. Like, if you put him in and it happened, you're like, damn it, I knew this would happen. Yeah. Yeah uh you didn't you didn't have him for this run so again you have wide receivers to replace him
1: so you guys agree with me i wouldn't put him in totally uh ty hilton uh hilton missed five of the colts last six game active in active in week 15 for the first time since week 12. so a lot of these guys have been out for three weeks or more jacoby brissett uh targeted hilton against the saints a whole bunch of times but he didn't do very well he only caught four for 25. so They've been saying Hilton's going to get more targets. He's feeling better. He's 100%. Still don't believe it. Not going to start him. Your guys' thoughts?
0: Oh, boy, T.Y. Hilton. I saw you picked him up, Mike, in a league. I assume that was just his bench depth, but um, are you interested in starting him to just take a flyer on it?
2: Uh, my options are Terry McLaurin and Christian Kirk because Evans is injured, someone else is injured. I'm gonna start both of them. I think that was
0: almost one of my. Uh, you gotta start uh, those guys.
1: I'm wide receiver
2: start
0: either ors. Is... Both of them over.
1: I like Kirk and McLaurin. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna I
0: do Fuller and Kirk.
1: I like Fuller and Kirk. Yeah.
0: Well, Fuller or Kirk.
1: Well, either one is better than Hilton
0: for I, me. I meant, yes. I meant one of the wide receiver pairings I was gonna pick
1: oh. for a segment earlier. That's that's tough, but I guess I would go fuller even though he's boomer bust. I feel like Deshaun Watson's going to go off this, uh, this well,
0: week. Well, you pick the higher of the two players. Good job. <laughs>
1: that's me. <laughs> I ranked him. It was me. There you go. Uh, oh, I agree with you, Mike. DJ Chark is my last wide receiver I wanted to touch on. Do-do-do-do-do. If you guys have any other guys in, in your mind, let me know because I, I have you know, a lot of knowledge about all the injuries because I talk about it all the time. Other injuries? Week. But DJ Chark, tied for third among all wide receivers in the league with eight touchdowns. Chark missed the team's Week 15 matchup against the Raiders. He had a walking boot on earlier in the week, but he traveled with the team. So that's a little weird because usually they wouldn't uh, have the guy travel if he wasn't going to play or had a chance to play. Um, They say uh, Doug Marone said that he can run on grass and cut on grass, but he is not practicing um, in full at all. So I don't think Chark will play. I think you have to count him out. And again, coming back from injury... Uh, barely able to uh, to run and cut on grass. I don't think that, even though he has uh, such a high pedigree and has been so good this year, I, I don't think that Shark is a startable asset in the championship.
0: Fair enough. Uh, it's a shame. He was really having a really good year. He was the WR5 at one point deep into the season. So, I think that he's going to be a stellar wide receiver next year, but he won't be relevant the rest of this year.
1: Yeah, let's talk about guys that'll be good later, like <laughs> Godwin, Chark. Like, these guys are going to be awesome next year. Oh, well. Yeah. You know, this so, seems anybody else uh, you guys want to talk about uh, as far as injuries or lineup questions? Uh, we have uh, a couple things on, on Twitter, but uh, I think I can probably uh, just you can answer, answer those on Twitter. Those. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Stop. I...
0: So it's been a good season, guys.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, for some better than others, obviously. Sure.
0: I wish you guys luck in your future gambling endeavors for the rest of the NFL season.
1: You know the good thing about fantasy football, even if you lose and you're not in the championship, you can always go uh, play craps. So there's that.
0: My favorite part of fantasy football. Go play some this black jack. <laughs> this is when you say, fuck it, I'm just going to a real casino. You,
1: you can always go gamble at a casino. <laughs>